Welcome to C-Suite Radio. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast where we interview your favorite actors from film and television, comedy, wherever pop culture hangs out. And we are continuing our surreal estate theme this week on the show. Yesterday, we chatted with Adam Corson, and today we have an amazing guest, Neil Reed. She is on this show as well. And I'll say this to you. I said the same thing to Adam yesterday. I have to say, I feel like this is one of the best shows and most unique shows on television right now. She plays Megan Donovan on the show. Tennille, welcome in. It's great to have you here today. Oh, thank you. That's a a great introduction to the show and to this. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's a fun show. And I've said this a lot. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this let's talk about your character on the show for people who have not had the opportunity to watch it yet what you have to because it's streaming on sci-fi so go download the app it's absolutely free Uh, there's no excuse to not watch the show that's right (laughs) yeah and in canada it's on ctv sci-fi so you know north america is covered Yes, North America is covered. Well, let's talk about your role and sort of the genesis of the show and how you became involved with the project. I play Megan Donovan, who is a med student that we meet right off the top of the uh, pilot in episode one. Um, She's a very pragmatic, scientific woman. um, And when her house starts to you know, explode bookshelves and the (laughs) fireplace starts to reach out and grab her. Uh, It sends her (laughs) running out of her house screaming. um, And for her, that's very not in character. (laughs) So um, what drew me to this character was definitely the writing. Um, They they create the writers have created this wonderful character who is so pragmatic but also so very open and curious to the world of um the supernatural and paranormal and we get to see her kind of go down the rabbit hole of um that realm and uh with that also see the tension that exists in her of not knowing how far she wants to go. 
Yeah, I find that interesting about your character because a lot of the other characters in the sense of the story are all in, so to speak. Like they're just, this is what they do, you know. They're helping people sell their homes essentially who have encountered these problems. But your character is pragmatic, but also a little bit cautious, I would say perhaps about not necessarily like, it's kind of like, I don't know, a better example is you drive by an accident and you know you shouldn't look, but you kind of look anyway because you're very curious about this. And I don't want to give too much away for people who haven't seen it, but essentially as we get to see your character progress and grow, you are slowly and continually dipping your toes into the pool of kind of understanding uh, what this world is essentially about. For sure. Everything is new to Megan right from the get-go she doesn't believe in ghosts and there's something happening to her in this house she can't explain it um cautious is a really great word to describe it skeptical for sure yes very skeptical but so curious because somehow she allows herself to get closer and closer to luke roman and she lets them come into her house to try and figure things out so it's a neat it's a it's a a neat balance for her (laughs) yeah because oftentimes you know characters i wouldn't say are myopic but you kind of get to know who they are like right out of the bat you know there's a lot of this and a lot of that. And we kind of know, okay, this character is going to be the one to get into trouble or not. But with your storyline, it's interesting because you keep us guessing. The writers keep us guessing because we don't really know which direction she's going to go. Is she going to go the correct way or is she going to just circle the drain (laughs) with all of this and just go in completely? I'm interested to find out, Tanil, because you've done a lot of other things and we can chat about that. But with this particular role... What was your way into her? How did you decide these are the choices that I'm going to make and really fill this character out and give her so many different layers? And a lot I'm sure we haven't even seen. We're just a few episodes in. Right. I started with um, where I always start with roles, and that's looking at Uta Hagen's um, six, six questions if you don't know what they are, just check them out. <laughs> They're a wonderful place to begin because it sets the foundation of every character, no matter who is thrown at me for an audition. Um, it's where I start. And I think there was a lot that I could bring to her off the top, just in my own um, my own like of science and facts and um and logic those are things that are very close to me anyway so i i related to megan in a lot of ways i also related to her um ability to kind of like compartmentalize and be like oh okay the portal to hell is closed we're good for now (laughs) (laughs) i can continue to live in this house (laughs) I, I have a very good uh, ability to to put things in places and not look at them or think about them. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of us are good at that too. And 
I, I maybe just in everyday life, maybe to a fault in some cases, uh, and just kind of not necessarily compartmentalizing, but just really going through that. And I am familiar with that. So that's interesting because it's important for people to know uh, that you have been classically trained. You've been to call theater school, essentially, and you've done plays and other things like that. So you have the acting background, which is great. Do you find that that's important for you as an actor when it comes to choosing roles or getting into characters? We just touched on it, but really having that theatrical background and using that because in a stage play, it's one or done essentially, you know, but you have to really be zoned in and focused when you're doing live theater versus mm -hmm. like a show like this where you may have one or two takes to sort of nail or get what you're going for. Oh, for sure. I think what I walked away from theater school with the most was work ethic and discipline. Okay. Because for me, it took a, I mean, for me, the two are so different. I know a lot of people say that they're, they're not, that is acting's acting, but going from a stage where you're communicating with your full body to like uh, the row way at the back to film and TV where you're performing to something that's so intimate, a camera that's so close to you. It, it, it really took me a few years to work that different muscle and pull back and tone back, but still have that massive intention that you need to have in character. Um, but you know, with theater, you get to rehearse things until it becomes muscle memory and the nerves and the ability to play so freely on stage are so manageable in theater for me because we have had hours and hours in a rehearsal room trying every possible way around a scene, you know? So we know the parameters of what it's going to be and and it gives you a freedom to, to to play. But with film and TV, there's rarely any rehearsal. You need to do all that work on your own and at the same time be very open for all the possibilities that could happen on the day, how you're feeling, what the other actor is giving you, um, yeah. the, the, you know, the dynamic on set can be completely informative on or it, you know it can impact a performance so um yeah I'm glad I went to theater school it was definitely something I needed to do in order to feel confident in myself that I could take on acting as a professional career um I definitely went later in life because I wasn't sure if that was the right thing to do but i'm so glad i did it because it did set a foundation that i continue to use to this day yeah i do think it's interesting to point out to our listeners that it it they really are two different worlds although it is acting quote unquote theater is so different because you might have a few months of rehearsal before you bring a show to stage mm -hmm. if you're on a television set or a film set there's not a lot of if you have a good director, they may allow a one or two time rehearsal, but usually it's like, let's get in here and get this done because time is money um, and you don't want to be the one to halt things <laughs> necessarily. Definitely. No, you don't want to be that person. <laughs> because 
I've seen it happen before. It's not a fun thing to experience. Um, if you know, that's not really the time to to try things out necessarily, unless the director says, "Why don't you try it a couple different ways, and we'll take the best one?" Because really, and the other part is who you're working with. That's the other thing too. I think so fascinating about your world is that you may not have met that person until the day of or the day before, and so now you've got your mindset on how this character is going to play out and they might have a different idea. And then it's kind of like, well, let's figure it out together yeah. and get the best product. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what happened on surreal estate. We, we basically just jumped in feet first. There were no chemistry reads. There was, there wasn't even any in-person auditions. So we submitted tapes, threw it out into the ether got the call that we booked. And then literally the first day I met people, um, especially the main crew, um, the main cast, um, that was the first time I was acting in a scene with them. So it was, it was exciting because you got to like take <laughs> in so much. There was just so much stimuli to take in and it, it was exciting and I could feed off of it. Um, but very different from, you know, a regular non-pandemic shoot. Yes, and I understand, too, that you filmed this kind of smack dab in the middle of things. So you were all quarantined together and all in one space, pretty much, while you shot the whole production. That's right. Yeah, we were shooting in Newfoundland, St. John's, Newfoundland, which is the east coast of Canada. And um, they were part of the maritime bubble at the time. You had to get special government permission to even enter the province. And tested of course and as a result it made it a very like safe place to shoot which was awesome it made me feel safer to shoot there than toronto at the time toronto's doing okay. really well right now um but at the time it, it felt uh as normal as normal could be while still wearing masks and you know <laughs> yes. cleaning your hands every five seconds and it was an interesting experience to um establish a new normal because being on set is so far from normal <laughs> in the first place. And yeah, then you throw like, like all the, <laughs> you know, protocols on top of that. And it's like, oh, this is, this is so strange, but let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you go from maybe having 40 or 50 people in a room at a time, video village is backed up with people, craft services is walking around. Like there's a lot happening on a television set. And then to throw this into the mix where you can't do any of that, really, and you have to be careful. I mean, I understand some people were literally taking masks or shields off, like, at cut and action. And then it's, like, making it. I mean, it's a challenging enough career, I feel, just from my perspective. But I'm so glad that everybody was able to go back to work. And you provided myself and millions of other people fantastic content. And this show is great. I told Adam yesterday, I'm hoping for a season two. We don't really know anything yet. It's such a mysterious world, but we have a few more episodes as well. And you have other great work out there as well. Uh, Working Moms, which is a lot of fun. If people haven't had a chance to see that, um, I recommend that. But definitely Surreal Estate, it's available and streaming now on Sci-Fi. How many more episodes do we have left? We have, we have a few left. Two more. Nine and ten are coming okay. up this Friday and next. There we go. And, I mean, that's the thing about binging. I mean, most of us are back to sort of normal, but you still have a lot of time on your hands. 
uh, check it out. It's a lot of fun if you like sci-fi. And I said this yesterday, sci-fi has always done so great putting out these types of shows. Uh, the sci-fi kind of entering into the paranormal, but making it fun and humorous um, all at the same time. If this is your first time listening, please share this episode with a friend. It's absolutely free. And head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe and listen so we can have more amazing people like Tennille. Please be sure to check out Surreal Estate, streaming now on Sci-Fi. Tennille Reed, thank you for joining us today. I really do appreciate it. Brad, thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure to chat with you. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.